everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Weekly Nightly Podcast as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And as always, I'm AJ. I am Carlo. Hey guys, this is Eric. And Dave. And so uh, we're, we're sitting here on the Sunday after uh, Vegas got knocked out uh, six days ago now. So we were, uh, we were, the last podcast we were talking about how, you know, they might come back from a 3-1 deficit and win three straight. And uh, it, I, we even have outlines on my notes here that said, Last week was like, can Vegas come back from a 3-1 deficit and win three straight? And I answered myself, no, they couldn't. They, they, they didn't. N- narrator, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, I guess, what did you guys think about that last game before we talk about anything about the offseason or whatever? More of the same, just couldn't put the thing in the thing, and it just doomed them. Well, they yeah, did that- put the thing in the thing early that time. and It, still it did. Them. Yeah, but not enough times. Yeah, not enough times. Two, like, if if the goalie only allows like two goals a game, you should you should win more often than not. But we couldn't. It's like, what can you do? The offense disappeared. I I think the thing to me that was fascinating, and you guys saw me post this multiple times, is in games that Robin Leonard started in the last two rounds, so round two versus Vancouver mm-hmm. and round three versus Dallas. If he gave up a goal. Vegas lost the game. The only way Vegas was able to win with him and that was for him to, to pitch a shutout. And that's not because of anything to do with Robin Leonard. He never gave up more than three in either of those two rounds. But Vegas just, it seemed like, and if you look at like at game five, it went the same way. They're up 2-0. They're in the third period. They're controlling play. And then all of a sudden you get the one goal and it just stops from there. You take a bad penalty with, with four minutes left bad tripping penalty, and then they score another dirty goal, and then all of a sudden it's over. So, yeah, I mean, you just – you knew which way it was going. Yet, I mean, Poor you've way. seen it play out too many times. It was it was just unfortunate that as soon as goals happened in that series, Vegas lost all of their momentum, gumption, confidence, whatever you want to call it, and just w- was never able to get it back. You saw it the game before when Schmidt had that turnover. All of a sudden, game – Teams playing great, okay, ready to tie the series. Now all of a sudden, you just couldn't figure it out. So I don't know. It was uh, like Dave said, more of the same. It's uh, an unfortunate way to go. Now you're uh, we're already one game into the Stanley Cup final, and Dallas uh, controlled that game. I mean, Kudobin's playing out of his mind, so he was able to to stop a lot of what Vegas was trying to do. And same last night, the one goal that he uh, he did let up was as fluke of a goal as you'll ever see in the NHL. Man, how many shots did Tampa have in the third period yesterday? Yeah, Dallas pretty much turtled in the third period, and they're really good at that. Like, which is what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, people people say like, oh, turtling's bad, but freaking Dallas is really good at it. Like, keep, for yeah. me, the thing that I can't figure out is how did Calgary score so many against them without Kachuk, without their best player? How did they score so many against them? Well, it just it felt like those were two different teams. And, and even right now round round one or even playing round or round Robin and round two, Dallas is completely different than Western conference final and Stanley cup final Dallas. It's like, they're uh, like I think they just changed their game plan. Like I, we mentioned before, they kind of copied what Vancouver did against Vegas and just went with that. And they found that it was working for them. But I think and, that was more back to what they were in the regular season. I don't know that it was too much of a copy. It was just back to yeah. their roots because they were, I think it was something like the 26th or 27th uh, 
least offensive team. Whatever, yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah, they had that. a lot of injuries during the season, though, too. Especially it's a lot of their guys who actually yeah. score goals. And now and, Joel fucking Kibiranta is going to be a household name. And yeah. I think I think Dallas was also trying to get their uh, because that was early. The, the 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 Calgary series was early in the in the bubble, and I think they were try, still trying to get together and try to figure everything out. It took them a while, and I think now that uh, after after that series, especially late in the Colorado series, I think they figure figure out how to get back into their defensive system. Yeah. Well, no, because they were even worse against. Did you say late in the Calgary or late in the Colorado? Colorado. Colorado. But even the last game went four four overtime, like or five four. I don't, yeah, I don't well, know if they ever really figured it out. Well, it is Colorado. It's re- it's really yeah. hard to stop Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon yeah. is just a different freaking animal, you know. So. Yeah, Colorado is to me the team that if they figure out goaltending and can even remotely stay healthy, they are a team that can win two out of the next four. I mean, they are they are scary good. Yeah. 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 I mean, look how far they got on a backup of a backup goalie. <laughs> like, they, they yeah, third-string goalie. You lost Landeskog. Uh, you lost Johnson. Um, I thought yeah. there was another defender. Yeah, there's uh, a bunch. Or Calvert yeah. that went down. Yeah, yeah. I was going to no, Calvert, yeah. Calgary – or not Calgary, uh, Colorado, scary as shit. Like, as much as – I don't want them to see it, them get a goalie. If they get a goalie, we're, the league is probably – And scary. they still have a lot of prospects down around their farm, too, that – yeah. Top we talked, yeah, we talked about this before, and yeah, uh, Byram. They yeah. have, uh, yeah, they they have a couple RFAs right now. They have cap money this year, but then after this year, it kind of runs away. So I don't know if if you can get any of these deals to sign one year terms, but it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting. Now, uh, I guess just putting a bow on the series is just uh, unfortunate outcome. Uh, I think to me the the thing that I hated the most was the fact that Vegas could not get Dallas to play their game. It felt like Vegas could not impose their will. They just played into Dallas's hand. And when you're the better team, you're supposed to be able to impose their will, and they just weren't able to really for any of the games. Even the, the one game they won 3-0 it wasn't this big, like, dominating game like you would have thought. So, to me, that see, was the most unfortunate throughout that whole series. See, I got a question for you guys because uh, Pete DeBoer talked about it on his exit interview about Demko and how it kind of hurt. The, the Golden Knights' uh, confidence. Do you psyche, think that yeah. – yeah, Psyche, do you think it has anything to do with it? Because they actually actually talked about this in uh, when I was on the uh, the Dallas podcast for – the Clean, uh, Clean Skate podcast for the Hockey po- uh, Podcast Network. I was talking about how I can see – I actually see that happening because this Golden Knights team plays with a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence, and they play much better when they're confident. That's why they, they chirp a lot, they talk a lot. And, and that's kind of their game. That's still loser talk. Yeah, I, I don't know about that because that's that's just how they play. That's they play on that kind of edge. That's hockey. Like that's the kind of hockey they play. Yeah, and once they that. once they start losing, they kind of lose that. It's hard for them to chirp and lose and play with that swagger. I, I get the I get the I get the vocal aspect of it, the chirping yeah. aspect of it, the being yeah. ahead versus being yeah. behind. I get that, but to me, I think the biggest thing is you never saw Vegas, even when you saw them lose three games in a fucking row, you never saw them go out of their comfort zone to try to take those odd man rushes to try to get more. It was never taking the chances or doing this or doing that. They were just kind of okay to sit back and get across the blue line, 
circle back and, and get into your cycle instead of just get across the blue line, go directly to the net and try to recap no. it. They never tried to do anything because if it creates a turnover, they felt like it was going to end up in the back of their net, which was weird because Leonard was playing out of his fucking mind. I mean, he still the entire playoffs had an under two goals against average. Like I don't fucking get it. No, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Like in the physical, I'm talking about in, in mentality. That's like part of it is the reason why they couldn't finish because they just lost their, their mojo. They lost their, they're kind of their swagger because, like I said, Vegas plays with a lot of swagger. Ever like since the start of this season, they just have this kind of confidence that they walk around with, you know. Yeah, but that, the that's, defensive method is not a type of swagger. It's just really good defense on. And, and and were they they weren't even one of the best teams in the league during the regular season. So I don't know that they had all this amount of swagger. I, I mean, they they were the eighth best team in the regular season. They came in as the third seed in the the East, like or the West. I, I, believe they had a lot of more confidence in themselves and being able to overcome teams and play their game and be able to go through that. And maybe Demko kind of a, those games there, they, it changed their shooting mentality where they were overthinking and it just kind of kept going through that. That's, I could see that part. So I, I I think we all talked about this around sometime during the Vancouver series, or maybe it was right before the Vancouver series, but if you look at the opponents having the easiest opponent in the entire West, followed by a very straightforward, should be able to beat in like five games opponent, and then run into Demko there. I think maybe that messed up their confidence, but I don't necessarily think that it was just Demko alone. I think that what part of the problem was that when you have such easy opponents at first, you don't expect yeah. it to be super hard next round. So yeah, yeah. they they, they I never think ran. Yeah, they, they never ran into adversity until it was too late, right? Yeah. Even, no. even when it got to game seven of the Vancouver series, you never felt that Vegas was really in danger of losing that series. Uh, Chicago was the 23rd uh, ranked team coming into the return to play. Like, they shouldn't even been in the, the whatever you want to call it, playoffs or whatever. Yeah, they beat Edmonton, but stop. Let's, let's stop with that. Yeah. Um, I also think, though, too, that a lot of people were undervaluing Vancouver. Vancouver led the Pacific Division for a good while during the season. And then towards the end, they started slowing down a bit, and they had injuries. And, and they, they was the that was when Markstrom got hurt. Exactly. Yeah, they, they, they were the 15th-ranked team coming into the re- return to play. I, I mean, I don't know. I, they, I don't know why I said it. the Pacific Division for a while when Markstrom was in. Yeah, to, to me, no way around it. It's it, – how the year shaped up for him, how the playoff run went, you cannot look at this any other way than it's a pure fucking just failure. I mean, it is disappointment. It is failure. It is. They had everything in front of them. If you could have handpicked legitimately uh, out of the four round Robin teams, who do you want to see in the Western conference final going in? You would have picked Dallas out of the second round matchups, the ones that were there, who would you have picked? You would have picked Vancouver and out of the first round matchups, even if everybody won or lost or whatever, if you could handpick who you would play, it would have been Chicago. So to me, that's, it can't be anything but a failure because you literally got to go out and say, I want to, pick, I want to play Chicago, I want to play Vancouver, and I want to play Dallas, and you still couldn't get through them. So that's – I mean, I, I feel like that's I taking a lot, of, a lot of uh, – taking out a lot from Dallas though, because Dallas did get beat. No, went Dallas in and was beat fantastic. Colorado. Dallas, so they, when you get to the final four, when you get to the final four, when you get to when you get to the final, when you get to the final four, all those teams deserve to be there. I don't care what road you went to, Dallas, 
they played. Beat, they, they, they did. They didn't have to beat Grubauer. They didn't have to beat Frank Hu. They had to beat Michael they, fucking Hutchinson. They had to beat Nathan McKinnon, who was the best player in the playoffs. They yeah, had to beat nobody him. behind him because they all died. Like so, Eric like, Johnson was out. I mean, look, they didn't beat Colorado. Like I understand, I'm not making excuses for for Dallas by any stretch of the imagination. On, they took they, it. They took it to Vegas. And beat the shit out of Vegas. Like, or I don't know. They were all one goal games. I don't know if they beat the shit out of them. But they controlled play. Or they, they, they imposed their will. They were able to do what they wanted. But Dallas was not a Final Four team. And neither was Vegas for the most part. I mean, Vegas had the weakest fucking pass ever to get to, the, to, get to a conference final. So, and yet Dallas it's, now has a really good chance to raise that cup. And they're yeah. going to. And, and all, all, all power to them. You'll never hear from me the bullshit of, oh, it's a COVID cup or it's an asterisk. Yeah. No. It is absolutely – it is a legit Stanley Cup. Dallas wins it. More power to them. For Pavelski, I, I would be happy for Pavelski. The rest of that team kind of sucks, but I'd be okay with Pavelski. So they uh, – And fuck Corey Perry. So they beat – Dallas beat essentially the equivalent of the 2017 Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, for the, for the, for the most part. And no, I mean – it's it's tough. You you lose your top two goalies. You do not expect to be able to to, to beat that team. So I mean, you can only beat the team that's in front of you. Like I, I like, get that. I, I'm I just know. saying they, they didn't beat a good Colorado team. Yeah, they didn't beat healthy Colorado with an actual goaltender in in that sort of thing. I, you, you you still got to remember Colorado was down three one on that and came back force the game seven. No, but that's what we're saying. I say, and it went I to say, and it went to I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say they're a bad freaking team. No, but what we're saying is if they still have a lot of good players in that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, Carla. All right, Dallas is good. Are you happy? <laughs> yeah, they are, they are very good. The, Dallas might have been the best team in the history of ever to make it to a Western Conference final. Is that better for you? And Colorado might have been the second best, and Dallas beat them. So can we move on with, with how good Colorado was at that point? Sure. <laughs> they weren't at their best, but they're still not bad. So oh, the one the one thing I, I do feel terrible about is how that ended with White Cloud's penalty. Yeah, that was that was that horrible. I feel bad for the kid, man. Because I thought he had a really great playoffs. I he thought he was, he, was, he was one of the only ones that had like an amazing playoff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we I saw all the guys come up to him and you know give him hugs and say, "Hey, man, this is it's not on you. It's just that was a fluke thing." And yeah, yeah we have to feel bad for him and come back next year and just continue the build. Yeah, he earned a he earned a spot in this roster. He doesn't even have to battle in the in the tra- in training camp for this spot. He er- no. he earned it. Yeah, he 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 deserves a lot more ice time next year. Yeah. So, so think- Carla, what uh what else happened right after the uh I I know that you want to bring up the the stuff on Reddit from uh, right after. Oh the- yeah, so so everybody knows that uh the Golden Knights were. Uh, delivering like buying pizza for the homeless in Edmonton every Monday and stuff. And since they're out of the bubble, a whole bunch of fans in on Reddit uh, kind of took it to themselves to uh, to continue uh, that kind of uh, charitable work. You know, uh, I'm gonna shout out to uh, user Scotty Foxy, who's who organized the whole thing, and it, it was such a great uh, kind of. Uh, gesture you know it's it's you know getting back to the community doing that and 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 because of that the Edmonton the Edmonton subreddit also went back and says like hey you can't out Canadian us we can't you can't out polite us and they're trying to organize their own thing to give uh, 
to help feed the homeless in the Las Vegas area, which is just kind of, you know, uh, paid forward kind of thing, which is pretty cool. And you see that as bad as 2020 is, you see the good in people, you know, it's pretty cool. That's also amazing considering that Vegas per capita has one of the highest homeless populations in the entire country. Yeah. Yes. Because everybody loses their money in gambling. (laughs) Well, and it's it's also just a lot of... Yeah, no, I know. Um, yeah, I have yeah. friends out here that work for one of the homeless youth uh, organizations, and it's just uh, it's a combination of factors uh, aside from just gambling that are very unfortunate. yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of homeless from other areas actually somehow, some way, find their way here too because weather, they, weather. There's no, yeah, there's yeah. no cold winters. That's the big thing. They can deal with the heat. Go, go. Yep. That's why the underground tunnels. We don't need to get into why, why homeless people move to Vegas. Like that's yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, it's a little anyway. too far off topic. I got you. So let's uh, let's take a quick quick break here. Go to our uh, commercial, and then we'll come back and talk about the offseason. Are that's you the... at Kenny Rogers now? Or no, that's your no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just my display name. It's still at Ken Stabar, but is Rogers no, your middle name? So I don't even know. No, the, you don't know who Kenny Rogers is, the no. gambler. No. What? Well, I'm Jesus I'm a deer Christ in headlights, buddy. I'm a deer God. in headlights. Anyways, Kenny Rogers, very infamous country singer, and also just what the O-Dog has deemed my nickname. He just keeps calling me Kenny Rogers or referring to me in the third person as the gambler. So O-Dog. He was roasting me the other day on Overdrive on, uh, on Labor Day because I shot him a text message during the show. No way. I have to say something. Kenny Rogers, I know you can hear this right now. Don't ever text me on my personal phone. He just texted me and said, I'm doing updates, guy. <laughs> I love it. Good man, Kenny. He's no, in there Kenny. working. <laughs> but he was roasting me on air, man. I was at work doing the updates, and he was saying that I got the day off, so I had to defend my honor. Not Another Leafs podcast. New episodes Mondays on the Hockey Podcast Network. And we're back. Off season. Everybody here is looking at me like I'm crazy. Well- Welcome to the off-season, guys. Look at that. Okay, with some little bit of editing. Damn, we're in the off-season now. Boom. Yeah, boom. This, this okay, is hold on. Bored. Here, here we go. I want to start on this. I, in the last week, you guys have seen where I've stood and how, what stands I've, I've taken. I'm changing my mind. Based on what um, Batman came out and said yesterday in his – or was it yesterday? The, yeah. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Look yeah, forward yeah, yeah. to next year. They've already established that it's not starting December 1st. It could start late December. More likely, it will start – I honestly think it will start New Year's with a Winter Classic. Don't know if they can get that pulled off or I not. I can but see I that. Think, I think it starts next year. I think it starts January 2021. 20, and he has already said they're playing 82 games, or they want to play 82 games. There's nothing set in stone yet. And they do not want to be playing into July. That means June is when you want to end. So you've got – you're losing October, November, December. You're losing three months, and you're only gaining two weeks on the back end. So there is going to be a compressed schedule for next year. So with all of that, I want them to keep Flurry. Yeah. I, I legit now want them to sign Leonard as 5x5, five five, not necessarily 50-50, but whatever, 60-40, 55-45. I want them to, to figure out a way to make the money work to where you can keep Flurry and Leonard yeah Flurry and Leonard but then figure out it's not Stasny look we can't go down that path you you're not losing your second best 
center, I mean, you, your center depth would be just trashed. Yeah, you want to bring Glass up. I get that. Let him come up. But figure out whether it's a Marshy, if you move him, and it's a different left wing that comes in that's less. Like if you move Marshy's five and you bring in a left wing that makes three, are you good there? I'm off the let's go get Petrangelo. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure out how to get Hall. No, I'm off of all of that. I think you can win the regular season. You can win the Pacific next year having that goalie tandem and a similar team to what you just ran out. Maybe just moving Marshy out and putting somebody else in there as a third line wing. Cause you can move Smith over to the left. You can move Tuck up. Then you have a good top six. There's a lot of different things you can do. I, I hope they do that. So real quick, does anybody think the NHLPA would actually sign on to that? Yes. From a condensed perspective, or would they would they push back and say, I, I, "We want to play sixty games instead"? Condensed, I might I say maybe money. money. If, if yeah, if they, you, they if want you the cut, money. If you, yes, if you, I was if you say cut that. to sixty, you cannot get the same money. Yeah. You you're losing twenty percent of your money. There's no chance they do that. That's true. So yeah, I was just going to say yes. They want the money. But they'd be condensed like that. I don't think they'll want to condense, but they definitely want to do all 82 games because they want the money. But what about the fans? Are they going to even be able to get in? I think I, you'll. I think the whatever you start the season with will not be what game 82 is. So what yeah. what game one is could be zero fans, right? You, you, what game 82 is could be 10,000 fans or whatever a half whatever a half stadium is. But Look, it also could depend on what province, what state you're in. Each governor is going to have different rules. Correct, and you see like. It's playing out with NFL right now. You got Dallas Cowboys has fans. Kansas City has fans. Like some of the states have said, okay, no fans for the first couple home games, and then they'll figure it out from there. But right now, it's not. COVID is not as rampant as as, as they thought it would be going right now. Now here, as the weather changes, it could complete completely become a clusterfuck. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be terrible. But right now, NFL just had zero players test positive for, for COVID, which is fantastic because they're not doing it in a bubble. So I think that I was, gives NHL hope. I was going to say, like, if you look at the, what the NFL is doing right now, you can use that as a model and how they travel and how they, how they operate as an organization, as a league uh, with, with travel. That's necessarily like, like you can, you can look at like the, the fans and stuff for them. But I think the most important thing right now they got to look at is how, because they're not going to play in a bubble. The, the players no. are not going to agree with that again. They're not you'll gonna... have, I, I think you will have longer road trips. Like, I yeah. think you'll go out and play eight-game road trips in a condensed schedule. Like, you'll play New Jersey, New York, New York, Boston, Philly, Philly Washington. Um, who else is right Pittsburgh. around there? Detroit, Pittsburgh. Like, you'll yeah. play those eight games maybe in two weeks, maybe in 14 days. So, there will be a couple back-to-backs in there. Yeah, but what, Just what so I'm – so you're – yeah, but what I'm saying is that you can look at the the NFL model and how they how the, the they keep the bubble in their training camp and their practice facility and all that and how they operate as an as as a as an organization and as a league wide and how they travel and stuff. You can look at it as a model for any league and out there. Yeah. As bad as baseball started out, they haven't had a positive case in a while either. Yeah. yeah. And, they- COVID, and COVID is actually going down now, which is which is great news for everybody. But it's it's also that these teams are telling their players don't do anything to screw up everybody else. So they're not going like they're not going out to the strip club right after winning a game or like doing anything crazy after games. They're going to their hotel and getting ready to go to the next game basically. Well most strip clubs are probably closed anyway. I think yeah. uh, I think the only 
not the only, but one of the big differences between fan attendance for football and fan attendance for hockey is open air, outdoor stadiums, indoor, recirculated AC. That'll be the biggest issue for, uh, for hockey to, to get fans back in the stands. Don't know how that'll work. I think you'll have games next year. And I think once again, condensed schedule, lots of travel, I mean the the Cowboy Stadium is is uh, circulated AC too. So I mean I I would I would be yeah, but it's bigger. It is bigger. Oh, forgetting the NBA though too. Most of these arenas are uh, uh, shared and yeah, yeah, sure. working schedule that way too. So I would be willing to go to a game if it wasn't a hundred percent attendance and everybody was required to wear masks, and then I would probably still wear a face shield as well. So here, here. Uh, look. I was just deciding what a, a friend of mine was just over a little bit ago, and she was speculating, like, well, who decides who gets to go to those games and who doesn't go? That's the other uh, part. The, the money. people have the most expensive tickets. They're the, yes. They get the in money. first. Money. Yeah. But let's just say oh, yeah, that we're all paid. We're all paid in. Well, I will, I will skip this next season to not have to pay anything for, ne- for next year. For, for the following year? Yeah. Um, I would go, like, if they figured out some sort of 50% fans or 20% fans, whatever, and, and maybe I, I had the opportunity to go, uh, I would get a good 3M mask. I would wear a cloth mask over it, one of the, one of the other ones. I would probably wear one of those, what are those things called, the neck garter things up above <laughs> yeah. that. I would, probably do all, suit. I would probably do all three of those and, and go and, and – enjoy myself i think i wouldn't touch anybody but my seats and andrew obviously you're two next to me now they're the perfect seats for socially distanced already there's nobody in front of us there's nobody to the left of me like go fuck yourselves like i'm already there i'm already socially distanced so yeah i mean as long as the row behind us was empty then we'd be socially distant as it is (laughs) so um but i don't know i i think i think you probably don't start to see the possibility of fans in the stands until maybe after you're out of winter. So maybe into spring, maybe into March, April, May, somewhere in there. It's going but to then by the vaccine stuff too. I mean, if that, if that starts to happen, then, you know, it's going to take probably four months to get to herd immunity levels with vaccinating enough people, but who knows if we'll, maybe, maybe we'll see that by January, at least start to happen. Yeah. But, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I think, uh, but anyway, sorry, trying to be the off season. The only reason I brought all that up was to, to say that I have now changed. I hope they keep flurry. <laughs> and I would really like just, if you have to move money out, Marshy, and then go get like a, somebody that could play left wing, whether it be a Jesse, uh, one of the guys that we listen to all the time, uh, talked about Wayne Simmons. Like, could that fit? There's a lot of $3 million wingers that you could go figure out. And here's the thing that, most people don't think about Marshall will get you assets back. He's not going to be a salary dump. People will take him because he's a 30 goal scorer. Like he'll get you an asset back. Um, if you had to trade anybody else, I mean, uh, Stevenson or cousins would get you an asset back. And once again, if you just moved Marshy out and kept Leonard and flurry, you have a, a good starting 12 for, for your forwards and then obviously you bring glass in and then you figure that out from there so would you keep cousins and stevenson if you moved margie out yeah because cousins can play left wing i don't th- i mean it, your your top six would be how i would love to see it go would be uh glass centering between patrick and stone i would love to see carlson centering between smith on the left tuck on the right i would love to see stasny centering between um 
probably Waugh on the right and Cousins on the left. And then I'd like to see uh, uh, Stevenson between Carrier and Reeves. Uh, okay, so Eric, I know I know you want to keep Stastny, but can I can I ask you though? How, you're not you're not trading him. You're just not, how, but okay. But how do you how do you feel about his play though during the playoffs and the regular season last season? I thought he had a good regular season. If you look, he had I think 17 goals. His assist numbers were a little bit down, mm-hmm. um, but I, I thought he had uh, probably a better regular season than he had the first year that he was with us. Now yes. his first playoff run was obviously better. Um, in this playoff run, I thought he was good up until when the rest of the forwards all disappeared. I thought, I mean, he set our he set up the goal that won the series for him against Chicago. It was Cousins to uh, to Stasny to Smith in front there. Um, I thought he was okay. I don't I don't think he was fantastic, but he's your best face off center. He's your most experienced centerman. Period. You're just not. If you have Stanley Cup aspirations as a team, you are not going into year four or a year that you think you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender. Glass, Carlson, Stevenson, and Wah. You're just not doing that. So as much as I, I see why everybody wants to talk about moving Stasny, he's just not a name you could ever think about moving. Because if Carlson goes down, God forbid. I mean, he's only missed, what, 20 games or less in his Golden Knights career. If he goes down, you're telling me that your center depth is Glass, who, look, we love the kid. I think he's going to be fantastic, but he hasn't proven shit yet. Stevenson, who, who plays well between uh, Stone and Pacioretty, but everybody does. Dave would play well between those two because they're two world-class players. Uh, Wah, who, yeah, we like him, but still struggles at some point. He was an AHL player until we traded for him. And... Who are you going to put? You're going to put Cousins in there, or are you going to hope to sign Nosek, or are you going to hope to bring up Quinney? Like you can't be a Stanley Cup contender with the weakest center depth in the fucking league. So I can't imagine this team trading Stasny because they have GMs that understand you can't have weak center depth. Exactly, center depth is probably one of the most important things in a team besides you know top goaltender and uh, a top defenseman. So to answer your question, Carlo, if you are giving me two people to trade, a left winger who is five foot nine and cusses people out on Instagram, <laughs> or a center that can win me more than fifty percent of my faceoffs and will actually help with my depth, I'm trading the left wing every day of the week. Okay. Marshy versus Stasny, if anybody didn't understand, uh, who goes on Instagram and cusses fans out. What if we traded both for a good center? You're, you can't. So that's the thing. So here is the thing that that fans and myself included, because I love you. You guys realize, like, I love the the speculation, the stuff like that. Elite centers do not become available. Yep. They just don't. Like Tavares, sure, he became available because he he went to free agency, but to go and trade for an elite centerman is nearly impossible. It's so, I mean, sure, could you go try to trade for Tavares because they need to have cap space? Sure, you could. Could you go try to trade for Stamkos or Sorelli? Uh, They're not moving point, but could you try to do that? Sure, because they, once again, have cap problems. But other than that, I mean, what centers are out there that are a true upgrade over Stasny? Because Stasny as a second-line center, or even if we want to play glass between Pacioretty and Stone and move him down to the third, who's better than that? You, you just can't get it. Where Marshy... 
look, as, as much as we could like the guy or not like the guy, he's a he's a left winger that that isn't great on the four track, isn't it can't kill penalties for you, has a above average shot, but you can go find that, right? You can go find that for his money or less. Somebody that doesn't play defense isn't gonna penalty kill for you and is not great in board battles. The dude's five nine. Like he's just not gonna be great in board yeah. battles. It's not his fault. And has developed a tendency to take bad penalties. Terrible penalties. He disappeared this playoff run. Look, uh, everybody uh, disappeared this playoff. Correct, run. and it's not, that's not just a direct <laughs> shot at, at Marshy. <laughs> to me, the reason why I think Marshy would be first five million dollars. It's it's a it's a decent contract that's tradable because once again he is close to a thirty goal score. But Foley also, hates hates also, the publicity that he got because of that. He hates bad pub. He also he's only twenty nine, so he's uh, compared to Stasny, who's thirty six. Correct, but so. but, St- but Stasny, you want to have that one last hurrah? It's no, no. I'm saying that it's easier to it's easier to move. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought you were going to try to like compare the. I mean, the the position obviously changes yep. everything. Like to me, you'll you get more back for. Yeah, you you'll get more back for um, Marshy than you will with Stasny. You, you, but although if you move Stasny, you do get more cap room. 1.5 is 1.5 really going to make a difference between in this, anything in this in this flat cap? Yeah, then you don't for a year. Yeah, for a year you might, but long term, no. If it, were, just, if it were longer than a year, it would be more valuable at that age. Like if he was on like four more years at 34 years old and six and a half million dollar contract, then yeah. But like one year of this, I I think it'd be bad for them to trade him right now. And I also do believe like. And once again, I, I was probably out of our group the most guilty of this, of, of looking ahead and going, oh, hey, here's a list of six players. Three of them are going to be gone. When you listen to all those exit interviews, everybody said, Martinez came out and said, if this isn't the best team I've ever played on, it's damn near up there. Smith said it's the best team he's ever played on. Uh, DeBoer came out and compared, hey, I was handed the keys to a Porsche. Like, we didn't finish first this year, but we have aspirations to get there. Like, everybody to a man said that this is one of the best teams that they've played on. So I do believe that they'll look at it and probably go, okay, we made it to the Western Conference Final in a goofy year. How can we try to get back there? And I think it's a small subtraction. And I think Marshy is that small subtraction. And, and Carlo, you're better than anybody on here about – Look who can replace him, right? Is Elvinus ready? I don't know. He played a full AHL year, and he had a pretty good year for up to a certain point. He was leading, leading uh, the league in goals for a rookie so or points. Um, can do it come Tuck, It's Tuck going to be replacing in that top six. If Correct. I, I agree. Yeah, you move Smith over, you put Tuck yeah. up. But so and could, a spot on the roster. Could Stasny come in and play that uh, third-line center, put Wah and maybe put another big body down there because Stasny's not a speed guy. He's, he, he's, he's a bigger body when it comes to a center. Could you play Dugan there? And then all of a sudden you have a decent little third line. I, I kind of want to see Dugan first in the AHL. I agree. No, no. But here's the thing. The longer this goes, the less likely the AHL happens. And, yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and here's the thing about uh, all this, though, too. When you said about how this team looks at the – themselves and how good they are and how they see themselves like a lot of people want i've seen a lot of fans say like oh fucking trade schmidt trade blah 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 get all this i'm like the worst thing to do is overreact that's 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 worse than doing nothing i think like overreaction like if you look at tampa bay right now when they lost uh, they got swept too 
Columbus last season, they didn't overreact. They just added pieces. They added like but, really. But, but when you add pieces, somebody has to come out, Carlo. Yeah. They well, added a lot. They went and got they, Patrick Maroon. They did. They went and got uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. But they went and got the Zach. Hold on, Zach Bogosian. They went and got Blake Coleman, and they went and got Barkley Goodrow. That's five people out of a roster of eighteen that play. So if you're telling me that five out of eighteen isn't an overreaction, that's almost thirty-three percent. It's just below. Let, let me, that's a well, lot. A let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Deadline, you know yeah, a lot of those are tra- a lot of those are a lot of those are trade deadline. I'm talking about the core. They kept the core. They kept the core. A lot of those are like kind of role players, you know, that they added. And you they think, played you a think Marcy's huge. The core? I, and Stastny was. I know Stastny. I think Stastny's on the way out because because of his age. Yeah, but, but who's going to take a one year contract for six and a half million during COVID? Lot, oh no, 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 no. He could get traded. Let's yeah. let's like make that right now. I honestly think he. I don't know. If a team would, wants who, a center, who, they would look at him. Correct. Yeah. Who would get more? Every I, I, team needs a center. Yeah. Every team needs a center. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas is not trading a position of it's not strength because they make no doubt about it. They are not deep when it a comes position to position of depth. But yeah, they're they have depth, but they don't have elite depth, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think you're trading your second best center for whatever for cap space. And uh, Carlo, to go back to your point on trade this or trade that, like go get Petrangelo. The only reason I ever mentioned Petrangelo was moving Schmidt – or the only reason I mentioned moving Schmidt out is if you can get Petrangelo. Because I think if you can go from Schmidt, who makes 9.5, and Schmidt? yes, he's very good. He makes 5.5. 5.9. 5.9. You said 9.5. Sorry. Yeah. My, I, I was thinking, <laughs> that sounded like 8.5 to me. I was thinking what Petrangelo will make. To, to move up, and obviously if you have to move a little bit more money out, you can get Petrangelo. I would understand that. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think they're moving that much money out. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I don't think they're yeah. that. Especially if they plan to keep Flurry. If you if you if they are going to move Flurry, then yeah, they could probably figure out a way to move a little bit more to take Petrangelo. But I I could be completely wrong. But I think a couple things happen when it comes to Flurry. I think first of all, I think the brain trust, whether what do, whatever you want to call them, McPhee, McCrimmon, DeBoer, managers. Uh, Walsh, Flurry. I think they all sit down, whether it be on a Zoom call or actually in person, and figure out, can they work together next year? If the answer is yes, if they can continue and understand, look, we're signing Leonard. He's getting this much money. You guys are going to be 60-40 or 50-50 or 55-45, whatever it is. And when we get to the playoffs, whoever's playing better is going to play, make no doubt about it. If Then they all sign off on that and say yes then I think they, they move forward to try to keep him. But you just don't know. If he comes out and says, no, go fuck yourselves, then you got to figure out what to do from there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, and there's a lot of – and if you do move Flurry, some of that money is going to go to a backup. There's a lot of uh, free agency uh, – free agent goalies too. So, yep. Uh, the problem is that we'll some of that money is also going to stay in – Oh, you're gonna have dead cap hit. Like I, I yeah. like that. That's the one. That, like Jack Manning said, oh, he thinks you can move him at the uh, at the draft and not retain any salary. I think there's a zero percent chance that you can move two years, seven million dollars without retaining salary. I think at least two million. Especially has to be the way things are right now. Yeah. Not not. I could see for if it were one year, if it were just one year left, then maybe somebody would pick him up for free for no no return picks or anything. But, conditional seventh rounder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for two years of seven million, everybody's like, nope, nope, McPhee. You, 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 you especially better. because I look, he had a fantastic 
limited duty playoff run, right? Take the round robin playout, the three games that he played, he was good and he was very, very good. He had a very bad regular season, though. Like, people aren't yeah. going to just look at that and go, oh, well, maybe. Wasn't it career worst or one of the one No, of the, it's not no, career no, worst. It wasn't career worst. No, no. Early in his career in Pittsburgh, he, he had under not, under 900 save percentage. He had yeah. over three goals against. Like, he – no, I mean, he's not The team was terrible in front of him, too, right after he was drafted in. And, yes. you know, he was the first yep. overall pick. Of course the team was trash. Well, that's yeah. no. I wasn't kind of that point. I'm just adding his um <laughs> his his rookie his rookie year is his worst year, obviously. But other than that, he has like a nine oh six, nine oh fives. Uh, yeah, that's he's never been this this he's he's never been a nine twenty goalie except for the one year that he was with goal with uh, Vegas twice. the first year twice. No, twice three times. Vegas? He he's he's, he's been a nine twenty nine twenty three times in his career. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, like I said, obviously they'll have to figure out. And then I do also believe that return or lack of return will also dictate. Because I think Vegas will look at it and go, Is okay, hey, if we have to retain $2 million, but we can get, a, get something out of it, do we do it? Or, hey, we have to retain more than that. Or, hey, it's going to cost us a second-round pick plus salary retention to get a move. Like, I think a lot of different things play into it to where I don't know how – NHL contracts work as far as they don't trade him. If he refuses to play, can they just plus he has a money or not? He has a modified team, so that that can go into a factor. But we'll we'll like like we were saying all be the shitty team about anyway. about this uh, Eric. Where uh, I we're all speculating, but knowing this uh, management. To be honest with you, like I have no idea what they're gonna do because nope. they super, they super, like they, they come up with the weirdest shit. Like I don't expect. Ready? Yeah, we, ready. we never saw Stone, Leonard. No, we saw Stone. We saw Stone. Well, yeah. I mean, like, everybody saw Stone. Nobody I saw. I don't think anybody saw Patrick I agree with you on Leonard. Nobody yeah, saw Leonard. Nobody saw Leonard. Uh, like all the like the, like the Tatar one too came out of left field to be, for me. To be honest with you, even though they were a lot bad. of people, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a sure too apparently there's a story out there that I can't get anybody to 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 figure out about what happened with that Tatar deal, which it was it was something basically they thought they had Carlson done, they thought they were going to get Carlson at that trade deadline because keep in mind that was the the first year that they were working on him, yeah. he still had a year and a half or he had the rest of that year and the next year under contract, so they were willing to do it. Montreal or not Montreal, uh, Ottawa would not take it unless they included glass, they did not want to include glass. So when that fell through at the last second, there's rumors basically that Foley said, you have to fucking do something. Like I want to win a cup. We're in the position to win a cup. You guys went and had a fantastic expansion draft. You have all these assets, go fucking get somebody. And they just turned to to Tatar, which obviously didn't work. So, but yeah, I think that was far out of left field. Yeah. The, the, I won't be surprised if, if this uh, front office come out, comes out of nowhere and figure out how to keep Flurry and get Petri, uh, Petriangelo. <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. But like that's what I said. Like this, this front office is just unpredictable as heck, man. No, I I could, mean, we, they're so tight-lipped. Yeah, and they're so tight-lipped. We've never uh, correctly gotten even close to predicting either off-season or. Oh God, no! You're never going to. But I could see anything between figuring out how to keep them both without moving anybody big, including Marshy. I, I, Cause you have like, you could 
you only have to figure out like 1.7 or something yeah. like that to, to get him at five. As long as you can get Stevenson and Cousins, uh, Cousins both at a million, then you have three point like four or so. So you really want to figure out another 1.6, 1.7. Holden, not not saying they're going to trade Holden, but if you did that, maybe, maybe there, there are ways to do it. I could see anything from that. Basically, just you keep your your roster and set all the way up to going to get Petrangelo, going to get Hall. Moving Schmidt, moving Marshy, moving St- like I could see anything in between, or a couple fringe deals like a uh, Wayne Simmons or just somebody like that that's going to help you be a big body. Like I could, I could see. Yeah. You think in- somebody will stay in front of the net and be a pain in the ass? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think uh, they're going to keep both Stevenson and Cousins though? Because I think they do, especially if they can't sign a, a big name. If they can't, uh, then yeah. It depends. I think. I, I think I, because because both of them play know. center, and we were talking about center depths and stuff. Like they, they, if you keep both of them, that it doesn't mean both of them are going to play 80, 82 or what? Ha- yeah, how, sure, all the games. Sure. One, we need because they need that thirteenth forward, and one one of them, unless they also plan to keep Noshik. I could okay. That, I was, I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what I was going to say. I could see them actually looking at Noshik and Cousins as similar players, right? Like. Yeah. They're both within 3% of each other, whatever. Yeah. But because Cousins can get you an asset, they trade Cousins and keep Nosek. I could see that happening. Yeah. It's uh, it's that. one. It's, I think they're going to keep two of those three. Well, and, and let's also bring up that since Cousins is technically an RFA, then he has different kind of rights to arbitration and stuff. Yeah, yeah he has – both if Stevenson and Cousins have, have arbitration. If they had to go there and then they got through arbitration – they could either lose him for nothing or end up having to pay more for him than they would for Notion by a lot. What was it, Eric? Three million for Cousins, right? Well, no, that's not that's not going to be his ARB number, but that is the the contract <laughs> projection from um, uh, Evolving Hockey, which you guys all joke about it, but they've been within three percent of every fucking contract yeah, over but the last five years. But that's that contract. So you can off the top and just go with the low that, number. Th- yeah, that might be an that that might be one of the ones that they're ten percent off on or or twenty percent off on. I get it. It could be the one the outlier, but they are so fucking good that I when I see a number, I just go, okay, I believe that number. Like, yeah, it's hard to see because they've proven they've proven themselves that. much more than you or I have. So, yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but I just I don't know, man. I, I agree. I, I would be bad. I would be pissed off if we pay Cousins three million. I think yeah, they should like, both come in under one point five. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you look, like I said, if if they traded Cousins' rights and then signed Noshik for like a million or less, that's guaranteed going to have a better return than than signing Cousins for at least one point five, which I think he'd be end up with in arbitration. See, here's the thing. I think Cousins showed more flashes than Nosek. I think Nosek is a safer player. He definitely PKs for you. He can come in and fill in on that, uh, that fourth-line center and just be that. But make no doubt about it, going into year two, Nosek was the most talked about Golden Knight as who's going to jump ahead because he had multiple goals in the Stanley Cup final. He had a really good playoff yeah. run. Everybody thought that Nosek was taking that next step. Everybody was so happy to have him. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it just disappeared. Now he's just a, a – didn't he get hurt early in that season too? Yeah, I think he got hurt. Yeah, and it just never came season. back. Like every single season, he gets hurt in some way, but he is always oh. like consistent and reliable on that fourth line. Yeah, and, and he's a in the PK. In the PK, he's got a too, bit of really a bigger good. body too. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, like we'll get it, this playoff run. Like he had a couple of pretty important goals when when he was able to play. So I mean, the, the guy is just a really consistent 
replacement for what Bellamare did for us before. And the reason why I would not be too surprised about them keeping Nosek over Cousins was because when they were both healthy, they're later in the playoff run, not at the very beginning, but later in the playoff run, they played Nosek instead of Cousins. Cousins was the only real healthy guy to come out. Out of that whole lineup, Cousins was the only one that was healthy that came out other than Holden for Merrill that one game. Yeah, that one game. Like I said, uh, which makes me sad. Speaking of Merrill, which makes me sad because I think he's gone. So. Yeah, I agree. I just don't yeah. see how he can stay. The only way he stays is if you need to move – 1.7 out, and you move Holden, and you keep Merrill. I don't think that happens because I think they like what Holden provides, obviously, yeah, given yeah. the fact that they just signed him. Yeah, yeah it'll suck if Merrill goes somewhere else. I kind of like he's one of my favorites. Playoffs, so. What? I don't yeah, think Holden, Holden was good. Yeah, I, I liked Holden. I liked Holden yeah. in the playoffs. He was I wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. I don't think he was a standout, like amazing they played, player. He but played, he was steady. He played. He played sheltered minutes yeah. with White Cloud. Helped bring him along. I'm fine with Holden as a third pair defenseman, or the or the getting six, healthy scratch and coming in. Yeah, the seventh. Yeah, defenseman. the seventh defenseman. Yeah, I'm okay with that too, especially when you have to uh, put Hagen there. Hagen's uh, gonna play. That's the other thing. I think Hagen Glass are for sure next year playing. They are day one as long as they're healthy. Roster players playing in the and then make no doubt about it. If there is an AHL, they will get sent up and down every single day. Every day okay. they will get sent up and down. Cap related. That's all. Yeah, they won't physically leave. Just, but, just, you know, for, just for paper transactions. Cap. Every day it'll be a paper transaction. And I, I even, and I'm even to the point where I think Coglin's probably going to see some games too, especially he's one of the few right-handed shots we have. Yeah. I don't know how big of a deal I make that. A lot of people that are a lot smarter than me think it's a really big deal that Vegas only has one right-shot defenseman. So. It's 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 uh they they talked about it on the um on the on the broadcast where it's when you're trying to keep the puck in and if you're a left-handed defenseman playing on the right you have to play on your on your backhand to keep yep. it in that that's the that's the only thing it's like if you have a right-handed defenseman to play on the right hand it is preferred but it is it is not a it's not a it's not a total uh kind of deal breaker yeah, yeah it's so, not a deal breaker but schmidt out for transition we're good yeah <laughs> or or move McNabb, put schmidt on the left have petrangelo in there Money doesn't work, but yeah. Yeah. Tyson Berry, TJ Brody. There's some uh, right-handed defensemen out there if they really wanted to go that route. Like, I mean, I we mean, we could speculate. We could do a podcast every week for the next three weeks and probably never get their their moves, even one of them correct. Not at all, dude. It's well, they're gonna sign Leonard. I think that. I think they you know are that. gonna. I think yeah, that. Yeah. I think that's that's. There's too many people saying. Here's the deal, five by five. That's happening. So I think that's that's their number, and they have a bullet point of the do a to do list. I think that's the number one on their list is to yep. sign Leonard. It's been, like they didn't have to move anybody right now because they can go over the cap, and we have what four point uh, four point eight, four point nine. Yeah, I was gonna say signing so, him barely gets you over the cap. So yeah, yeah so they, we, and the cap can be gone over in the off season by ten percent. Yeah, ten yep, percent. Yep, so, they can they can sign. Le- uh, I think they can sign Leonard and uh, Cousins and Stevenson. If they're both under 1.5, I think they can yeah, sign all three of them. Close, though. And signing all those people also puts them at a trade disadvantage because people see their cap numbers. So yeah. the ideal thing would be to they can, all the moves around the same they, time. Yeah, they can just give them a, a tender, a, a an offer. Uh, well, they're going to have to figure out whether they, they – they, uh, Yeah, that's how it is, though. There's an expiry period, too, Carlo, on those. Yeah. So it's it's not – 
the same as if it were, quote, yeah. Either way, all of these moving parts are going to happen around the same time. Yeah. It's going to be so condensed anyway. Maybe. And what is the free agency? Like two weeks? <laughs> three weeks. It's three, three weeks away now. Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, I mean, like the, the timeline of free agency. Basically. Yeah, the the draft is is the sixth and the seventh, which is I think like a Tuesday and a Wednesday, or Monday and a Tuesday, whatever. Monday and Tuesday, yep. and then uh, free agency is that the Thursday or Friday? Yeah, the sixth, seventh is Wednesday. Okay, so six, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they have yeah. potentially like what about eight to twelve weeks before a season could potentially start again. No, it depends because it's it, it's early eight, October and the is is the end of December. Yeah, okay. Or like, I, I, was I guess a little bit farther. 12 weeks would be the at very end. Yeah, it, it is very condensed, man. And um, yeah, they, they want to give them like an eight-week runway. So essentially you'll hear by November 1st if it's starting in January. Yeah, and then you'll have all those teams that didn't make the bubble have an extended training camp come in earlier than the other teams. Well, and here's the thing. You, you can tell that the, the players are already planning to start the season soon. If Leonard and, and other people that wouldn't normally stick around like longer than the off season are still here. And it sounds well, like that a I lot think, of the team is here. I think, I think, uh, I think Carlson is staying because uh, it, it is going to be fall in October and it's going to be going into the winter in Sweden, which is not going to be, <laughs> you know, that's probably Leonard's deal too. That, and yeah. they're also naturally used to being in the States in September. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We, but, but yeah, we've been going to preseason games already. Well, yeah, we would have. I, I was looking through uh, camera roll, and yeah, it was, I think, September 15th last year that we were yep. at a preseason game. Yep. That already is. training camp. Like, supposed yeah, training camp would have started September yeah. 1st or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that hopefully by next week we'll start to hear more and more about what's going on um, and, and at least see, like, maybe maybe some more information about what's happening with Corey and Leonard. Um, I don't, it won't be draft or free agency by next, next week or anything. but we're... I think there's a couple key things to keep in mind to look at. If you see salary going out, if you see a Schmidt, a Stasny, a Marshy, if you patch not that they're going to trade him, but I'm just saying, if you see $5 million plus going out with nothing coming back, with no salary coming back, that means they're getting one of your big ticket free agents, right? I don't think they're going to be in on Taylor Hall, but shit, you never know with this front office. Um, or Petrangelo. Like Petrangelo is the big fish that they're, they're going to want to go after. So if you as a fan are watching it and you see big money going out, anybody over $5 million with no salary coming back in, that means something's about to fucking happen. Yep, for sure. I'm just excited for it because either way, it's going to blow my mind, whatever they do. Like it does every single time that I see a, a movement happen with this team where I'm like, yeah, I, I had definitely did not see that one coming. Every offseason, man. It's as, been. Yeah, that's Carlo. I was going to say, the first Carlo, day of, uh, go ahead, Derek. <laughs> oh, I was, sorry. I was just saying, as Carlos said, after a little bit of time, look, I, I'm I'm fine. They bring the same roster back. Yeah. Now, I was going to say one of my favorite days of the year is actually July 1st, you know, the first day of free agent day. Whether I'm already back in Michigan, I'm sitting there just behind the TV watching everything, or if I'm driving back and forth, I always have NHL Network Radio be on the entire time to hear the speculation, and it, it, it's it, always fun. Free agency and trade deadline, those are always fun days. Yep. Well, and it's, and it's – uh... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it all shapes up. Because um, also knowing that we still have to start considering what other teams are going to do moves yeah. that are preparing for Seattle's expansion draft. 
that's the, that's the thing too because there there are other teams that have to make those moves and Vegas can benefit from that because we don't have to figure that out. We could benefit a lot more if we didn't have if we weren't up against the cap right now. Yeah. Imagine if we weren't like you could basically fleece every team in the freaking league again. Well, if we weren't up with the cap, we wouldn't have the team we have right now. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say That's one, all of us know, but yeah, I was gonna say one positive with Foley. First of all, with being a successful gate team, gate meaning your your attendance, and with an owner that's willing to spend the cap, I love being a cap team. I would rather be yeah. whatever the cap is within five or one percent of it or five percent, whatever all the time like they are right up against the cap i love that because it's never like imagine the the reports going out there buffalo has to be a 70 million dollar cap team uh and we'll get into arizona in a little bit but they have they their new gm is going to come in and be told hey buddy cool welcome uh you got to go cut 10 million dollars in cap because we can't even fucking pay the arena so it it could be a lot worse and you're going to see a lot of teams that have internal cap numbers not the hard cap, but actual from the ownership group, because a lot of these owners lost their ass in some of these things because the uh, Arizona owner is in casinos and hotels. I mean, they they lost their ass. I mean, Foley, luckily, all the stuff he's in, all still successful. So he was he's actually, I, I believe I've been, I've, I follow the kind of financial industry stuff he's in. And I think they're making more from having to report more on mortgage issues over throughout the pandemic because they've yeah, been his, one of his the, title company. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Black Knight has been one of the primary reporters of foreclosures and the whole foreclosure moratorium and how many people are are not paying. They've been like the leading analysts on that throughout the entire pandemic. So I think they're making more off this somehow. So Foley's probably sitting there. I mean, the guy's retired anyway. He just collects his check from all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, guy is not losing money during this. And all he wants to do is win a cup, which is, hey, as an owner, that's all you can ask for. Like, as much as people hate the Yankees, and I don't follow baseball anymore, but, I mean, look, I would love to be a fan of a team that is basically just said, hey, go fuck yourself. You let us run with these rules. We're going to do whatever we can yeah, with them. Perennial, perennial winners. Like, yep, yeah, I'm fine with that, yeah. So, yeah. Like I mean, Yankees, Patriots, all that shit. Maple Leafs. I mean, Maple Leafs yeah. are always going to be a cap team because of how much money they have. Like, well, I said perennial winners. We said perennial <laughs> it was the perennial winners. I don't know if you put Maple Lips in there. They f- signing they, Tavares they might have been the worst thing they ever did. Yeah. Legit, as much as you can't say no if he wants to come there, giving him nine point five million might have been the worst thing for that putting, team ever. Putting four like four. That's a lot of pajamas. Forty million in four players, man. That's just ridiculous. Well, and and that was like so. I was talking to the, the new Leafs pod on the Hockey Podcast Network here, uh, and which is called not another Leafs pod. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I was talking to them cause they were like kind of saying like, Oh, like look at the comparisons. If they were like playing in Tampa Bay, I'm like, but you don't understand that your GM would just spend more on those forwards. If there was a different level of taxes anyways, like, I hate people that, that bring up the tax number, like stop. Like, does it help Dallas? Is Dallas all of a sudden a free agent? Like, is that why they go there? Yeah. And Walsh's tweet about it. Like he even tweeted that the tax break really isn't as big as people yeah. make claim it is. And we, I, we've mentioned it before. I think I mentioned it too that you know they don't get paid based off only the state they play in or the province they play yeah. in. They get taxed every single time they go to Detroit or it's called, yeah, it's called a job tax. It's called it's a job signing tax. bonus. Is is the big chunk of that? Yep, though. exactly. It, signing bonus. Yeah, so that's why like. If Petrangelo was looking for a front-loaded contract and he was willing to get less AAV if they gave him 99% up front, could work in Vegas. That's the only reason why I think that might be a thing. 
I agree with that. But McPhee, other than um, Stone, has been very hesitant or reluctant, whatever you want to call it, to um, to hand out big signing bonuses. Stone got it, but not many other players get it. Stone obviously dictated because he's the best player yeah. that they ever could have had their chance at. But yeah, his uh, his signing bonuses were forty eight million out of the seventy six million. So base salary is twenty eight million. His signing bonuses were forty eight million. So Vegas could do it to go get Petrangelo. I agree with you. Did you see the report out there? What um, St. Louis tried to do? 7.7. I'm like, come on, dude. 7.7. Forget the number. 7.7. But they also said, we're not going to tell you what the structure is. Yeah, I think it was 7.7 or 7.4. Yeah. They basically said, here's your, what your AAV is going to be, but we won't tell you the structure until you say yes. And he's like, uh, no. Like, Man. that makes no sense. Do you think signing Justin Falk in that contract really effed them over? So did uh, Scandella. Like, they, they, yeah. they, they traded for two really bad defenders that are not as good as Petrangelo. As Petrangelo, and then signed him to long term deals, and they wonder why he wants to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. All that money could have gone to Petrangelo. I, I, I'd be pissed off too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, I think. I think that we're at a good place to uh, go into our five-minute major for today. Um, so what do you guys think? Ready ready to uh, hop over to that, and then we'll uh, pick back up on hopefully more trade rumors and stuff next week? Yeah, we'll Sounds have, uh, we'll have a couple weeks to continue to talk about it. So uh, hold on. Before we get into it, though, if you were to, to – to, and, Carlo, you're going to hate that I do this – but if you were to take a stand on anywhere <laughs> from, from they do very little – do they do something in the middle or they do a whole bunch? Like, is it minor tweaks or no tweaks at all, minor tweaks or big tweaks? What do you think happens? Now let's try to see if anything happens over the next week. I think it's nothing. I think it's minor tweaks. I say same here. I, it's going to be minor tweaks. People, it's fun to uh, speculate and overreact and all that, all that stuff because it's fun. But I, I think they're not – I think they really love this team that they I, have right now. I agree. And, Dave? and, and they're not going to do a lot. Uh, Dave, I'm going to say tweaks. It's just, it's just tweaks. I'm going to go with they're going to blow it up because they have a new coach. And uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I think that he wants to start, you know, pulling his own version of pulling a Turk. And he wants to get some people that he would rather coach into the roster. There is absolutely something about that, right? They signed him to a three- or four-year deal. Like, he, he they're going to let him have some dictation of the um, roster. And Marshy might not fit that, right? Like he's going to give he looks, a list of names, and and that he's going to give that to management and say, "This is who I think I would coach well best with, and this is who I think I would have trouble with." Yeah, don't be surprised if you see uh, Brendan Dillon if if they needed to move and go get a right shot defenseman because he's a right shot defenseman. Don't be surprised if you see a Melker Carlson because if they want a Carlson instead of a Cousins or instead of a Stevenson or instead of a Nosick, like, you got to collect all she, the Carlsons. Hey, we're not going to collect the other Carlson. No, he's not no, going no. anywhere. <laughs> but I mean, hell, if they if they would take Stastny for a Tomash Hurdle, I would do that one. <laughs> oh, no shit. No shit. Me too. Hey, give him Archie too. Like I will take Tomash Hurdle in return for that. <laughs> um, Fuck, I'd give him Tuck for I'd give him Tuck and Stastny for Hurdle. I would do. I mean, the guy is. Uh, although he did break his leg last year, didn't he? I'm fine. Hockey players typically, when it comes to injuries, come back fine. Yeah, and I don't know that you've ever really seen anybody, even an ACL or something like that, that came back terrible, which is yeah, crazy. I mean, so 
like I, I could potentially see a little bit of I, I wouldn't say fully blow up the roster like rebuild, but I could see them moving some big pieces in order to get different big pieces. Um I don't I don't know that it would be Schmidt for Petrangelo or or that sort of thing, but who knows what, what goes on behind these closed doors and what is actually kind of pushed for by the coaching staff versus like the, the GMs and et cetera. Could you imagine the Alan Walsh tweet if they traded Pacioretty? He's not going to be cut in half. He's not going to be like stabbed in the back. It'd be like the Resident Evil scene with all the lasers. That It would be that with Pacioretty. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so bad. So, okay, I just wanted to kind of get to that before. So, so next time we talk – next week before so now you'll be leading into as we get closer we'll see uh what's starting to happen because speculation is all we're going to have to talk about other than the big deals that happen over the week i mean there's no other hockey to talk about the golden knights are at home like us womp womp yeah so with that being said let's uh let's kick off our uh, five minute major here where we go around uh <laughs> we go around it, uh, I, I think here's the one thing that i would say at the end of this year Let's retire the five-minute major because it doesn't have the same. No, not anymore, anymore because we we kill the five-minute major in the playoffs. And I think I still think it's hilarious. I don't know what you're talking yeah, but about. You, you hold on to things for too long. We know this as a fact already. <laughs> like you're still somewhere talking about cake on Reddit. I'm sure. It, um, it's, I, I do not anymore. People bring it up. Uh, it's a good. I think it's a good segment though. We talk about other yeah, things. I, I'm fine with keeping it. I'm also fine with not. Doing I mean, we can change. Oh. We can change the name of it, but we can just call it Five Minute Major and not have to talk about the whole. Yeah, week. yeah, just call it Five Minute Major. Yeah, yeah like we don't. I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew <laughs> likes to explain it. We don't. We don't have to explain. It. Every everybody knows what it is already. I think we can hold together this time. So we're doing our fucking Five Minute Major. All right, <laughs> we'll start it basically. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Arizona hired their new GM. Uh, Billy Joel Armstrong, former Green Day sing. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Billy Armstrong. Uh, Bill Armstrong. <laughs> That's yes, why he uh, wanted to do this yeah. one. That's why. He had this joke set up the entire way. He did not realize that other people on Twitter had already had this joke. But here we go. Okay, go again. Uh, anyways, uh, Arizona has he has a lot of work to do because Arizona is such a mess. They, uh, they have they have the lowest cap space and they have so many players they still need to sign at big ticket numbers. No, but the yes. ones that they have signed, I mean Oliver Ekman, Larson, like, do you, Jacob I think, Chikrin, like, I think OEL might get traded. I think oh no, he's Kemper, for sure getting traded. Kemper might get traded. I mean, it's crazy, like how bad of a situation they are in. Because, the team that needs to talk, blow up, that's the team that needs to be, yeah. be blown up. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they uh, when the NHL came down with their um, punishment on them. They are now going to want to get some assets back. So, yeah, they're going to be trying to look and move everybody. It's probably the worst possible offseason for them to try to move big money like Oliver Ekman Larson out because people are in a flat cap. Yeah, he's good, but I don't know that and, they're trading for an $8 million uh, defenseman that has seven years left. And it kind of sucks because they just got – they were just in the playoffs. Like, they were in the first round. So, but, you know, now they have to rebuild. All right. All right. So, uh, the, the Washington Capitals? Why am I having a hard time with that? Washington football, <laughs> Washington football team, Washington Nationals. All of a sudden they're going, hold on, why am I having – I thought Washington. you were about to say Nationals. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, uh, having a hard time. Uh, they just signed uh, Peter Laviolette. They, for whatever reason, went against uh, – 
taking Turk, which, okay, Turk's still out there. He's still a free agent. Oh, no, all the Russians on their team. Yeah, that would not have worked. <laughs> yeah. um, or uh, Babcock, they went with Peter Laviolette, uh, the ex-coach of the Nashville Predators, to try to keep that team, I don't know about energized or whatever, I guess held accountable. Because there were a ton of reports during this whole bubble thing that they went there and looked at it as a vacation. They already – they went to the pool every day. They didn't care about being there at all. And it showed they won what one game in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And Laviolette's going to be a good coach. Cause he'll deal with the veteran players like that. And he's got a good assessment as well. Too. He has, he has to keep Kuznetsov in line. He's well, better than, he's better than the coach. That lines. He's better than John Hines. Like I have no idea why Nashville did that. Well, and let's, let's, let's be honest. Like if you look at like, the roster they have, you know how we were like getting the shit from all the different Vancouver podcasts and not having any superstars. It's almost like Washington has too many superstars, and that's <laughs> yeah. like their personal live portion of things. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next one. <laughs> all right. Uh, Minnesota traded for Eric Stahl to Buffalo for Marcus Johansson. Uh, I'm honestly I'm not sure about that deal. It's just you know Buffalo's got to bring up their cap. Hit, like Eric was saying earlier, and not sure where Minnesota was thinking on this one, though. I'm just, I, I honestly, I just don't know. New GM, no new GM. So the, uh, so there's a couple reports out there. Um, Michael Russo, who writes for the Athletic for the uh, Minnesota, does a fantastic job. The previous GM uh, was it Fletcher? Uh, yes. Signed uh, Stall to a super team friendly deal because he basically said, "Look, we're not going to trade you," and he's building a retirement home there. Like he wants to be in Minnesota. So when he put his 10-team no-trade list out there, he put the contenders that would be looking for a veteran center that could really help bring, oh, bring that team along. So he left Buffalo off. He didn't think Buffalo was going to try to trade for him, and sure as shit, they did. And that's – I can see – so back to, not to bring it back to going less too much because I know we're going to run out of time. I can see Fleur doing that, trying to trick Fock, okay, who you can trade to, and then Vegas is going, okay, here you go. And that's what happened in Minnesota. So that's unfortunate for Stahl. New GM didn't have to abide to the previous rules of the old GM that he did. So he wanted to do something. And he basically came out and said, we had to make a trade. Otherwise, if we bring the same roster back, we're going to have the same results. So, yeah, I, I applaud him for that. But Yeah. All right, so, last uh, one. All right. Last one here is a uh, World Junior Championships will be played in the Edmonton bubble. So that's uh, pretty awesome. What, what's the timing on that one? Uh, does anybody know? End of the year, I think it's always yeah. in December. It's oh. late December, early January. That's normally it's good. That's good news for uh, Peyton Krebs if he's not, but he's going to be playing in the NHL. So he will not be in the NHL. <laughs> I appreciate it. But that so um, they will do two years in a row in Edmonton. They're also yeah. going to do no, uh, it's, Edmonton it's, and Red Deer. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not Edmonton next year. It's it's going to be in Alberta, but it's not going to be in Edmonton because hopefully by then we don't have, we don't need to have, be in a bubble anymore. So. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. So uh, till uh, till next week. Hopefully, we got some more interesting stuff that comes up uh, between now and then. So, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Blow it up. Peace.